Psalm 23. The Lord, I don't need that actually, thank you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It is, I know. I know. I, he, it was a good joke, huh? I want us to actually memorize that verse together. I'm going to put this down for just a second. And if you want to do these motions with me, you can, but you don't have to. But here's what I do sometimes with Caleb, is we go, the Lord is my shepherd. And I pretend like I have a staff, like this. I shall not want. So you don't have to do the motions, but we're going to say it three times, because I really want us to, to learn this first if we don't already know it, okay? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Great. I'm going to leave my, my staff on the ground for just a little bit, but I'm going to be using that and a couple other things in, throughout this sermon. Now, I, um, I've got this some pictures set up here, but if you guys would help me out, it's it, it changes slides when we clap. So we're going to have to count to three to make sure we can clap. And we can see some pictures about what we're going to talk about today. I love that you guys talked about a sh being a sheep because this has been on my heart for a year now. So are we ready to clap? Yeah. Let's see here. Is it on? Oh, I can just see it coming, coming through. Oh, a giant poke. Well, I don't want to mess it up. But, um, okay, are we ready? One, two, three. Let's try it. There we go. Whoa, perfect. Do you guys recognize this? I don't know if you recognize this, but this is right outside our church. Yeah. I ran down there today and I snapped a photo because a year ago I was driving and the Lord pointed out to me that our church sits right at the beginning of mile 23. Okay. Do you see that? Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And I knew immediately God said that we were to be a church that knows Psalm 23 intimately. I felt like he said we could be marked by this passage and that we could know the shepherd in an intimate way. It's not to say everybody else can't know the shepherd, but it's like an invitation. If someone gives you an invitation, you kind of want to think about that. Maybe you kind of want, if, if you get an invitation to a party, well, you might want to go, huh? Well, the fact that our church just happens to sit at Psalm 23, Psalm 23 felt like an invitation from God to say, would you like to know me as a shepherd? Would you like that if any stranger walked into your door and said, what do you guys know about Psalm 23, that our church would say, oh, we know, we know the shepherd. And so I just have been praying this for a year, and every time we drive, so I know you guys don't drive, but every time you drive, you got to look, make sure there's no traffic. And so many times when I'm pulling out of church, I'm in a hurry, and I see the sign, and I go, and I go, oh, there's that sign again, Psalm 23. Every time, I've, if I've got to turn left, well, I got to look left. I got to look where that red car is. I got I to gotta see that sign. And if I'm going to turn right, I still have to see that sign because I still got to make sure no one's coming. And so, so many times I've passed by there and it's like the Lord says it again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So I just want us to, to know that I felt this for a long time. We have a special invitation from God to know him as a shepherd. What is a shepherd? What do you guys know about a shepherd? Does anyone know anything about a shepherd? What do you know, Kezia? Exactly. He takes care of sheep. What do you know, Sydney? Exactly. And that's the first thing I wrote. And then my husband, Sam, he was like, well, you should tell him a little more. So what does it mean to take care of sheep? Sheep are, of all the animals, they need the most help. They need someone to show them where the good food is. 
They need someone to show them where the good water is. They need someone to keep their wool that grows on them uh, sh- shorn or uh, shaved, sheared, that's the word, um, sh- like not too long. They need someone to keep an eye on them to see, are there any bugs trying to crawl up your nose and in your ears and at your eyes? They need somebody who is strong that when there's like a wolf or a lion or a bear that can protect them. So a shepherd is somebody who does a lot for the sheep. Yes, Kezia. Which one? Oh, Psalm 2. Oh, that's beautiful. I haven't heard that one. Okay, so we kind of said this, but sheep don't take care of themselves. Of all the animals, they require endless attention and meticulous care. There are, um, and Jesus says this in John 10. He says, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. A good shepherd is going to know well the condition of his flock. You go up to a good shepherd and you say, hey, Sydney, how's your, how's your flock doing? You're going to say, oh, well, little Baba has broke his leg, and then little Miss Ewey, she's, she's pregnant. She's going to have another baby, and then this little naughty one keeps trying to escape, and they're going to know each sheep by name. They're going to know how they're doing. All right, so let's look at a good shepherd. Are we ready? One, two, three. Oh, we know that shepherd, and we just talked about him, the good shepherd. That's Jesus. Isn't that right? Let's look at a bad shepherd for a second. One, two, three. Okay, it's a little blurry because I had to kind of make the picture big, but what is the shepherd doing? He's running away. That is terrible. Can you imagine if you need help and the person who's supposed to help you leaves? I could just feel my heart sink. It's like, oh, wow. There's um, this picture, like I said, it's blurry, but you can see there's sheep, and then in the distance, there's wolves. What's going to happen to those sheep if that shepherd runs away? They're going to die. They're going to get eaten, yeah. You do not want a bad shepherd, do you? You don't. Um, If you've accepted Jesus, huh? He could, but you must be a brave shepherd if you're going to be a good shepherd. And this does not seem like a brave shepherd. But Jesus is a brave shepherd. And you know who else is a brave shepherd? Is David. David is the one who wrote this, this passage in the Bible. And he was a brave shepherd. There was a lion that tried getting to his sheep. And he killed that lion. He did not let it get to his sheep. I think there was a bear too, right? A lion and a bear. And can you imagine? He killed it with his hands. I'm looking at Sam. He's my fact checker. checker. I think, well, whatever it was, he was fearless. And he chose to charge at the enemy as opposed to being afraid and running away. So this bad shepherd, he's running away. Now, if we ask Jesus into our life, who is our shepherd? Jesus, God, yes, they are our shepherd, which means we have a good shepherd, right? It means we're no longer being led by a bad shepherd who's, who's going to, to be afraid and run away. Yes, Luna. It's just a picture. I literally typed in bad shepherd or a shepherd running away, and that's what came up. So I don't know who it is. Um, okay. So having a shepherd means a couple of things. The Lord is my shepherd. That means a couple of things. One, that we're taking care of, right? A good shepherd's going to take care of me. It also means, though, that a good shepherd, I have to follow him, don't I? If I want to be taken care of, if I want to know where the good water is, I can't say, well, I want you to be my shepherd, but bring it all to me. We have to follow him whenever he says, all right, time to go. 
And if you're like, oh, I don't really want to, we have to obey the good shepherd, right? Sometimes, how many of you guys sometimes wake up in the morning on a school day and your parents or somebody has to wake you up and you're like, I really don't want to wake up. Sometimes you don't want to do what you are told to do, but sometimes right now our parents, they're kind of like a shepherd to us. God gave them to help us grow and to be safe. And sometimes we have to obey them, even though, you know, it's not always fun. Okay, I've, having the Lord as our shepherd, it means we've been bought with a price. So I've got this lamb here, <coughs> and every time a shepherd, he would get his lambs. I've got a whole new, fl- a whole new flock of, she- of sheep, okay? Here's one of my new sheep. Guess what the first thing is that I have to do to this sheep? I have to take a large knife, and I have to mark into this ear my own mark so that miles and miles, not miles away, but so far away, if a shepherd and I were talking and we saw a sheep get Uh. out, I forgot, it makes noise. (laughs) But if it got out, I could look and I could go, oh, that's my sheep. I need to go save my sheep. Or, oh, that's not my sheep. I need to leave that one alone. So we're going to pretend like we're going to mark his ear. (coughs) And you have to know, that's actually a painful process to have your ear marked. Okay. Tell me in the back, can you guys see this? Can you see who owns this sheep? This is my sheep, huh? You know why I picked red? Because I think that being, the sh- being a sheep of God means that we're covered in his blood. And I think miles away, Satan can look at us and see, I don't want to mess with that one. If I come after this one, the shepherd's going to come after me. And, and we're covered in his blood in just the same way that Luna or Atlas, whichever one of you talked about the bloodline and your dad talking about that, that was the first thing that came to my mind when I read about a shepherd's mark, is that we're covered in his, we've got, we, are, we have the bloodline around us, and it protects us, and it keeps us, just the same way that having an earmark for a sheep lets us know who he belongs to. I'm going to read something from this book. I'm getting a lot of my information from this book. It's called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's really good. It was written by a shepherd, so it gives you insights that are, I think, really helpful. Okay, so we've been talking about a bad shepherd and a good shepherd. Here's an example of a bad shepherd. Again, this man was a shepherd. In memory, I can still see one of the sheep ranches in our district, which was operated by a tenant sheepman, and that means somebody who didn't own him, so he didn't love them like a true shepherd would love his own sheep. He ought never have been allowed to keep sheep. His stocks were always thin, weak, and riddled with diseases or parasites. Again and again, they would come and stand at the fence, staring bleakly through the woven wire at the green, lush pastures of my flock. Had they been able to speak, I'm sure they would have said, oh, to be set free from this awful owner. Sometimes I picture life, I feel like, man, I could really want that, or I could really want that. And it's like I'm looking at another field, forgetting who my shepherd is, forgetting that in what he's given me, are those green pastures, and I really, I really want to see the, all the good that he has actually given me. Okay, one, two, three. Oh, does that look like a sheep we would like to be? What's, what does this mean to us? Is this a good shepherd or a bad shepherd? This is a bad shepherd. It's probably in the wool. It's, his wool looks so long, it looks really neglected, doesn't it? A bad shepherd will neglect their sheep. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. 
Okay. I like that one better, don't we? I think we'll sit on that one while we talk about this one. We're going to talk about the verse, I shall not want. I shall not want. Okay. Obviously, some of the, what we know when we say I shall not want is, yes, he's going to take care of my food and my clothing and a bed to sleep in and all of those things. But how many of you guys still want toys and uh, new clothes and all the things, you know? We still want things. So it feels like, oh, am I lying if I say I shall not want, but I still kind of want these things? I'm going to explain to you something that I think it means. So, so first off, the reminder is, yes, you are my shepherd, and you have provided for me all that I need. Another thing that it means, though, is that um, you are enough, that you are enough for me. It means big picture. Sometimes we think, oh, man, I'm going to be really happy when I get that new bike. That new bike is going to be awesome. I'm going to love it. It's going to make me so happy. I'm going to ride so fast. And then you get that new bike, and you're still empty. You still have that feeling on the inside of, oh, I bet the next thing is going to make me happy. But I shall not want means you are enough for me. That when I have you, I can still want a new bike. I can still want all these things. But at the end of the day, I'm at peace because I have you. And you could have nothing. You could have nothing in this life and still be at peace because you have God. And even remember, David, again, David wrote this passage. Do you know that there was a season of David's life where he was hiding in caves for his very own life? He was afraid he was going to get killed. And he was, they were trying to kill him, the king and all of the king's army. That's a lot of people who are trying to kill you. And he still is the same person who said, I shall not want, because he knew that he had God, and he knew that God was enough. There's a quote I love by somebody named St. Augustine, and he said, Oh God, you have made us for yourself, and our souls are restless until we find our rest in you. There's a point that I kind of want to keep making over and over again today, which is find the shepherd. There's so many times where whatever we're struggling with it usually, for me, means I might have wandered a little bit. I might have taken a couple steps. But if I look for the shepherd and I find him, I have all that I need. And so I wrote at the bottom, are you at peace? If not, find your shepherd. Let's see what this, I don't actually, I didn't write notes of what these slides are, so I don't remember all the pictures. So let's find out the next one. One, two, three. One, two, three. That clapper might be broke. Oh, there we go. Wise sheep will stay close to their shepherd. So look at this. We've got, where is he? Is this little sheep in a green pasture? What's it trying to do, though? Is it trying to go to the other side, maybe? Does that, does that grass look as good as the grass on his own side? Sometimes we need to remember to turn around, and instead of looking for what we don't have, look at what God has given us, because he's given us so much. Yes, Atlas. Just one second. Black corner? I don't know. I pull these photos off the internet, so. Yeah, I wish I knew. I, I bet it's a person. I bet it's a person. It probably is. It's probably a super cute photo, but I wanted to use it to make the point that where we are is, is a good place to be. Yes, Luna? It kind of does look like that, doesn't it? I'm hoping that whoever's standing here is a good shepherd, and they'll just boop, put their head right back in. All right, let's look at the next one. One, two, three. Oh, good. That's a good one. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Okay, it is almost impossible for a sheep 
to lie down unless there are four things that happen for them. They're free from all fear. They're free from all friction with each other. They're free from bugs and parasites. And they're free from hunger. That's a lot of things to have happen before a sheep could just relax and lay down, right? It's only the shepherd that can provide those things. So do you, if you're afraid, what do you think I'm going to tell you to do? Go find a shepherd. It's because he can give you all the peace that you need. Just to see him is all that you need. There was a story in this book where um, there were these, they called them sheep rustlers. There was, there, so this guy lives out in the country where there's a ton of sheep. And word got, word got around that there were these bad people that were coming in the middle of the night to try to steal their herds, to steal their sheep. So what did this shepherd do? He's like, not on my watch. And he grabs his gun and his dog, and he literally sleeps out in his field for days and days and days. And suddenly the, the, the sheep uh, rustlers, the word got out that he was so diligent over his flock that they just moved on. We're not even going to mess with you. You're such a good shepherd, we're not even going to try to take your sheep. But when a, when a sheep is so anxious because they know that there could be danger, they can't rest, they can't rest, they can't rest. And it's just the sight of the shepherd. Oh, there you are. <sighs> that calms them down, and they're able to rest. I can sometimes get really afraid. I can sometimes get really anxious. And even today, I was preparing for this. I could feel myself get nervous. I could feel myself get nervous. And I was like, I'm going to practice what I'm going to tell them. And I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to say, where is the shepherd? Oh, there you are. And just let him calm me right down, because that's what a shepherd does. Just the sight of him calms us. Um, okay. There's something that I kind of just said, but I'm gonna, I, wa- I also want us to do this. We're only going to take a very short time to do this. But this is a, an exercise I do all the time. And I ask Jesus, where are you in the room? In our room right here. We're in this kitchen. No, we're not in the kitchen. I'm in the kitchen a lot. We're in the sanctuary. We're at church, right? God says he's here. He's here. So I want to take just about 15 seconds, and I want you to close your eyes. And I just want you to picture this room and ask God, He's a good shepherd. Where are you in this room? Okay? You don't have to tell anyone your answer. But let's just do that for just a couple seconds. Let's close our eyes. Here we go. That's it. That was 10 seconds at the most. But that was just enough to find him. And you can do that all day. You can do that when you're at school. You can do that when you're working. You can do that when you're trying to fall asleep, but you have a lot going on in your brain. You can do it on the bus because he's there. You can just be like, where are you? And then when you find him, you have to lock eyes with him. Look at him. And, and just in your heart, just draw close. Just draw right back to that good shepherd. Um, all right. We're going to look to the next slide. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, not a good sight, huh? So what did I say? A good shepherd is going to take care of his sheep, and he's going to make sure that they have food, that they're not afraid. And a, a sheep, if, he's, if a sheep is hungry, it can't lie down because it's always it's waiting for its stomach to be full, to be at rest. And so if, if a shepherd is not a good shepherd, if he's a bad shepherd, that sheep is going to find a little bite here, and I'm not full. So i got to keep going. I'm going to find a bite here. And he's just going to keep roaming and roaming. And all that food that he's just eating, he's using into energy. And he can't even rest if he wanted to because he's, he's hungry. His hunger is driving him, driving him, driving him. 
So this is a sign of a shepherd that doesn't, this doesn't look green, does it? It doesn't look like they're going to be eating a lot of green food there. So if you feel hungry, if you feel unsatisfied, remember, find the shepherd. He knows where the green fields, he knows where the green pastures are. All right, let's go on to the next one. One, two, three. Ooh, again, I always like the pretty ones. I only have a couple pictures in there that are of a sheep that it doesn't look very healthy. He leads me beside still waters. Did you know that if, if a sheep goes to drink water and it's too strong, that water can get on their wool and then cause them to sink into the water and then can take them away in the current and they would die because their wool would get too heavy. So sheep have to have still water to, to drink. It's the shepherd's job to find good water. The shepherd, before he goes there, a lot of sheep, not everywhere, but in, in, this, in this particular area, what a shepherd does is during the winter months, they graze at home. And then spring comes. And as spring and summer are coming, he's going to go ahead and he's going to take them up to this high mountain where if there's a flat spot at the top called a table. And he's, his job is to take them there so that they have so much food to eat for these months. It's hard to get up there, but he goes ahead and he looks at it. Okay, how's it looking? How's that water? Is that good water? Nope, it's not ready yet. Okay, we're going to stay here. But if a sheep says, I don't care, I'm just going to go my way, and he goes and he drinks from the water, a lot of times that water is dirty and it has bugs, uh, like parasites, and it goes inside of them and could kill them. So it, you have to wait for the shepherd to show you, no, this is where I'm leading you. No, this is where I'm leading you. Sometimes even in the world, something looks really good, but God is the one who's going to tell you, that's, that's the source. You drink from that water. Or he's going to go, nope, that one's broken. That's a broken cistern. You're going to come back over and over. It's not going to fill you. Go to that source. So you've got to listen to the shepherd when he tells us where to drink. Um, let's see, so what was that? Okay. Sometimes this next verse is called, He Restores My Soul. And sometimes even the strongest Christians who've loved Jesus their whole life, they still get distressed and weary and hopeless and joyless, and they need restoration. Psalms 42.11 says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. One, two, three. Okay, I know this looks silly, but this is actually a term that is called a cast-down sheep. We just read a verse where he says, why are you so cast down within me? Put your hope in God. So this is a sheep, they call it, they say, oh, that sheep's been cast, or oh, that sheep's been cast down. And it means it's on its back and it can't get up again. Now, if it's a hot day, a sheep that is in this position will die in a few hours. That's really serious, you know? And if it's not a hot day, it'll take about two or three days. But of course, you'd never want that to happen. So it's a diligent, the job of a diligent shepherd to look for his sheep, to look for his sheep. Do they look like they're in distress? If they're in distress, it's his job to go and help them. The reason a sheep gets like that is two reasons. One is that when they go to lie down after their belly is full, Atlas, lift your hand up. Oh, sorry, I just didn't want to miss you. If they go to lie down after their belly is full and they pick a spot that is totally flat, I mean, that has no rocks, no, uh, I'm trying to think of a word, like no obstacles, it will have nothing, no resistance to help them when they lay down 
try to, you know, if you've got a rock, you can like lean on the rock to get back to your feet, kind of the deal. But if there, is n- if there is no obstacles, there's no resistance, when they try to get up, they usually just start and start and start and start, and then they end up going on their back. And the more that they fight, usually the worse it gets. The harder it is for them, they get into an even more uncomfortable situation. Sometimes we want life to be totally easy and to have no obstacles, to not be, have any hardship at all. But sometimes God does put things in our life and makes it a little uncomfortable so that we can keep going, so that we don't get stuck. Sometimes when it's uncomfortable, that's when we talk to him, you know? Sometimes when life is really good, you're like, oh, thank you for my blessings. But you don't always talk as much as when you're like, wow, I really don't know what to do here. I need wisdom. I need help. And so sometimes those hardships and those difficulties actually help us though we don't see it at the time. There is another reason that um, a sheep gets stuck. Let's see here. Okay. There's another reason that a sheep gets stuck. We're going to do that. And that's because it has too much wool. Okay? The wool is, you know, it's like their coat. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Well, it's a shepherd's job to, to cut all that wool off and to make sure that they have, that they're all taken care of, that there's no, like, hidden anything inside of their wool. And the wool actually speaks of your old self or of pride. I can do it by myself. I don't need any help. Now, the high priest in the Bible times, when he would go into the Holy of Holies, he was actually not allowed to wear any wool. It could have nothing to do with him. It only had to do with God, okay? When a sheep is sheared, it's set free from not just the weight of the wool, but so, because can you imagine? Sometimes that wool gets so heavy, it's like Sam said it was like 75 pounds sometimes. But inside of that wool gets stuck manure, mud, burrs, sticks, and ticks. So, when you actually get all of that off, there's nothing that's hurting you that you can't do anything about. Do you ever know sometimes, like I was talking about this with Sam, sometimes I like to run. Let's say I'm running with Sarah, and oof, I got a cramp. But I'm just going to pretend like I don't have that cramp because I want to keep up with Sarah. And it hurts. That's fine. I got this. We can keep going. (coughs) But when it doesn't hurt and you don't have to fake it, man, you can run strong. And it feels so good. You don't have to pretend, oh, I'm sorry, that didn't hurt me. No, that didn't hurt me. Oh, that really did hurt me. That really hurt my feelings, you know. But when, when God takes all of that out and he heals us so that we don't have any pain on the inside, those things that used to poke, 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 poke when someone did something mean or that was unfair, it doesn't actually hurt like it used to hurt. And we don't even have to pretend. It's true. Okay, so we just talked about wool, right? I want you to meet my friend Shrek the sheep. One, two, three. Whoa, look at that guy. This sheep was found in the caves. I don't remember which caves. But in some caves, living by himself for like six years. Does this look like it needs a shepherd? Does it look like it needs a haircut? I think he does too. Let's give him a haircut. You can't even, can you imagine? You probably couldn't even see. Imagine trying to see if there's a bad guy or try to find all the food that you need or the water. It looks so heavy. I can't even imagine the weight of trying to walk around like that. I'm, I'm amazed that he's still alive. Really? He could, and talk about, yeah, and this is, remember, this is one reason that they get cast and get cast down is because their wool is so heavy Ugh, that, they, that they fall over. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. One, two, three. Whoa. At first I was like, oh, no, is he okay? Because that looks so, but that's, that's Shrek the sheep right there. 
Do you see how much wool? It's thicker than his body. Can you imagine that freedom when you're not carrying that weight around anymore? And he wasn't able to do that for himself, was he? Only the shepherd could. I want to show you one thing, too. When a sheep is cast, so we got this cast sheep, right? Oh, no, oh, no, I need help. Here's what the shepherd does. This is what the shepherd did. This is Mr. Philip, what he did in, the, in this book. Okay, so he's got his cast sheep. All right, so he gently, this is what I was surprised at, is how gentle he would deal with the sheep that got himself into trouble. So he rolls him over gently, and he gives him a second here. Let's, he rubs his legs, gets the feeling back in his legs. He stands him up, and it pretend like, okay, how's that feel? You're getting that muscle, are you getting those, that feeling back in your legs? And he said it was very important that you speak gently to a sheep. How many times when you get in trouble are you afraid God is like, not again? You did this to yourself. You get yourself out of there. That's what I said. Do you feel bad about this? Does that sound like the shepherd that I just spoke about who was like, are you doing okay? Are you, are you going to make it? Yep, okay, I'll be with you. I've got this. That's, that's how a good shepherd speaks to his sheep. When we're in trouble, when we need help, he's, the Bible says his gentle dealings with me make me great. He's gentle towards us. I'm so thankful that he is. I'm probably not going to get through all my notes because there's a lot, which I love that there's so much good things that God wants to say. <coughs> um, I'm going to talk for a second about this rod and our staff. So we're going to pass a couple pictures to get to the rod and the staff. One, two, three. This is a great verse. He guides me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let's keep going. One, two, three. Oh, it's another great verse. I wish I had time to develop all this. So one, two, three. Okay, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Again, I'm not going to take as much time on some of these other verses. But this is my example of a staff, okay? I, it's not quite the same as them, and I didn't have a rod, but a shepherd used to have these. And as, remember I said, in the spring and the summer, they're making their way up the mountain to these high places called tables. And when, it's, when you're going so far, you have to pack light. So a shepherd would usually carry a rod and a staff. And that's the only weapons and tools that he needed to help with his sheep. Obviously, he needed food, but this is what he needed for his sheep, okay? So a rod he would use as a weapon to um, throw. Like, let's say, let's say a, I see a wolf, and it's, it's, it's circling my herd, and it's thinking about, I can tell it's thinking about trying to get one of my babies. And I'm like, you are not going to get one of my babies. A good shepherd is very skilled. They practice so much throwing their rod. They would just practice it when they were bored, and they would hurl it like an instrument, towards this wolf and it would get the wolf and the wolf would learn you better not mess with my sheep like I will hurt you so that was one reason that you would have a rod the other reason is if one of the sheep got out of line they would not throw it as hard at a sheep but it would use it to discipline his sheep to keep the sheep close to the shepherd yes Atlas yes that is true too yep if a sheep continually ran away they would break the, the legs of the shepherd. And just like that first picture where we saw a lamb around Jesus' neck, Jesus will keep that sheep close until it learns. You have to stay close to me or you will get in danger. So that was... He'll break its legs. Break its legs. Um, just I'm not sure how many legs, but they would do it to keep the sheep close to the shepherd for a time just until it healed so that it would stay close. Know that that's the right place to be. Okay, and then we also have a staff, okay? This is my version of a staff. It's longer and thinner, and it has a, 
a hook on the end. Obviously, mine's not a perfect hook, but this was a much gentler um, tool that a shepherd would use. If a mom gave birth to a baby, they would use this hook to encourage the baby. Hey, go go see your mom. But they wouldn't want to touch it because if you touch it, then the sh- then the little baby would think, oh, you're my mom. And it's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want you to get confused, but I, w- I want to help you go in the right way. They would also use it, like let's say they're making their way up to those high tables and the sheep are just kind of, some are moving. If, if there's one sheep that in particular keeps kind of leading the pack the wrong way, a shepherd just holds the stick onto that sheep and almost like a horse with reins, like, okay, go this way. Okay, they go that way. This shepherd would just hold its staff onto a sheep, and the sheep actually felt special, like, oh, you've picked me. And it would just tap him a little bit, tap him a little bit, tap him a little bit, and they would hold that boundary line so that the sheep wouldn't go past that one spot, okay? Okay. We are going to go to a couple more, and then we're going to be all done. One, two, three. This is part of an example. This isn't the ones that David did, but this is an example of a table. You see that flat spot at the top? That's where a shepherd would take its sheep to the summer. We'll, we'll keep going, though. One, two, three. Okay, you anoint my head with oil. This is one of my favorites. Okay, in the summer, these sheep, there would be bugs that would come, and they would literally, they were called, um, I don't remember now. They were called nose flies or nasal flies, and they would literally lay eggs inside these sheep's nose and when those babies were hatched, they would go inside into their brain. And these, these bugs would drive the sheep insane. They would literally go and they would find a stick or they'd find a, they'd find a tree or they'd find a rock. And they'd literally ram their heads into these hard places to try to get those bugs out of their brains. And a lot of times they would even kill themselves trying so hard to get these bugs out. Um, so what would happen is, is a good shepherd is going to pay attention. He's going to anoint. He's going to cover all of these sheep with oil so that those flies can't get in. There's no way for those flies to terrorize or to torment those sheep. The other thing that the oil would do is that when two sheep were fighting, it's normal for that to happen, but sometimes their horns would get locked, and then they could hurt themselves and kill themselves. That oil causes there to be friction but not get stuck. Okay. I'm going to tell you a short story. Um, okay. One, two, three. Okay. This is my house. This is my house a couple years ago when we were building. Do you see this big tree in the back? Oh, I loved that tree. Oh, I loved that tree. It would, um, oh, it was just so stately and strong, and I just loved it. And Sam said, I really want to cut that tree down. I really want to cut that tree down. If that tree falls on my house, oh, it's just going to be so bad. And I was like, stop. It's fine. It's so strong. Look how strong that tree is. My brother-in-law was there, and he said, I'd like to see the storm that takes that tree out, Sam. Don't worry about it. So, right? It looks totally great, doesn't it? Let's keep going. One, two, three. Okay, this is hard to see because this photo is blurry, and I I couldn't get it as clear as I wanted. But this tree is dying. What in the world happened? That tree was so strong a few years ago. Tree beetles. Tree beetles or spruce beetles, they destroyed that tree in less in about a year. That tree went from looking it was a little over a year, but looked from so healthy and strong and oh nothing's gonna nothing's gonna mess that up to totally being so bad that we had I mean it looks it's it, it was so much more brittle by the end of the time that we, we finally decided, nope, it's actually now a threat. We actually do need to cut it down. 
but it was crazy to see how quick that happened. Do you know what bugs can be sometimes in like the Bible time? It can be a sign of even just a thought or just this little thing that you entertain that you're like, oh, this isn't a big deal. I'm just having a bad attitude for one minute. I'm just going to let this, this thought just kind of sit around here. It's not a big deal. Sometimes that thought grows and grows and grows. You know how my brother-in-law, I, was, I finished up a run one day and I looked up and I just remembered my brother-in-law saying, I'd like to see the storm that takes that tree out. And I thought, you'll never believe this storm. It was so small, nobody saw it until it already killed it. And, you know, on the outside, it might have looked fine, but right underneath the bark, those beetles just ate and ate and ate and ate and ate. No one stopped them. And they totally destroyed that tree. So when the Lord anoints us, he keeps us from that being our fate. That's not us. He anoints us to keep those thoughts out. We have to stay close to the shepherd so that we can get that oil, okay? Um, oh, the one thing I was going to say, too, about the rod and the staff, this is one of those branches from that tree, guys, that had the beetle kill. And if you want to look at it when you're done, you can see all the paths that these beetles just ate and ate and ate underneath the bark. There had to have been so many thousands of, so many thousands of beetles just eating and eating and eating away. Okay, could we turn the lights back on? We're, we're good for that. Yeah. Okay, so there's one thing I did as a surprise for you guys is under your seat, not everyone has it because I ran out of popsicle sticks, but look under your seat and see if there's a popsicle stick taped to the bottom of your seat. And if not, just keep looking around because there's a lot of chairs that have them. Okay, there should just be one on each seat. And I want I want you guys to take these home. There's a, ones under adult seats and, oh, good. There's so different verses. So here's what I want. Every time I pass that mile marker, I'll let you guys grab them first real quick. Uh, Yusuf, yours was falling off this morning, so I really taped it. Do you want me to? Good. I, only, I could only fit only so much. So here's the deal. Do you remember I talked about mile marker number 23? And so many times when I pass that mile marker, I picture, you know, it probably took a lot of effort for them to put that mile marker in the ground, right? Have you ever seen those tools? I forget the ones we helped. We built a, um, a fence a while ago, and it's like, you ram it in, you ram it in. I would imagine something like that happened when they're putting that mile marker in. You guys want to sit down for just a minute more? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. You guys can sit down for just one more minute. Okay, so mile marker 23, right? We saw it at the very beginning. That was our mile. Can you imagine when those, those workers were putting it in? I imagine they took so much mic to go, wham, wham, I'll vacuum this one in. You feel that? That is, you have to use power to do that. that. Imagine that in your spirit when you're saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I am marking this ground and saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So I wanted to give these to you guys. And if your parents or whoever you're saying that if they let you, I want you to take that and I want you to drive that into the ground of your house, those verses, because I want that to be true of you. I want you to drive that into the ground and say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As for me and my house and this land, he is my shepherd. He restores my soul. He anoints my head with oil. Whatever verse you have, I want you to put it in the ground. I know the ground might be frozen, but if it's not frozen, drive it on in if, if your parents say that it's okay. And just remember that, you, that you're marking that territory. You're marking that ground to be a place where God can meet you, okay? Okay, that's what I got. Let's pray, and then you guys are good to go. If anyone wants to, like, look under the rest of the seats for more, you're welcome to do it.
Awesome. Okay, I'm going to pray. Ready? Lord, we thank you. You are our shepherd. We are not our shepherd. You are our shepherd. And we shall not want, God. We are content with you. Lord, I ask that these words, whatever was you, would, would, would mark these kids and, and these adults. And whatever is not of you would be forgotten, Lord. But whatever is of you, that it would be like that marker. It would be like that sign in our hearts that would bear much fruit. And it would be like a stake in the ground that we are claiming territory. And we're, we're saying, as for us, the Lord is our shepherd that we're taking care of. We have all that we need. Lord, keep us close to you as a shepherd. Keep us close to you. When we, when we feel real needs, Lord, real sadness, real anger, real even real needs for money and clothes and all of that, when we find ourselves in a place of hunger and thirst and, and all of this, Lord, uh, stuck or having unforgiveness or whatever, help us to find you and draw close to you. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. You can look under the chairs. Yeah.